Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and I'm joined once again by Evan Etheridge. What is up, man? What's going on, man? Crazy, crazy sports week. Sports day, really. So, yeah, yeah happy to be here. A lot of stuff going on. World Cups we're going to talk about for the most part. The U.S.'s exit against the Netherlands. We can talk about that for about an hour. Then we can get into the Falcons and stuff if you're down for that. Then maybe some college football to wrap things up at the end. It's what we usually talk about on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, I'm kidding. We won't be talking about uh, soccer, nothing like that. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happened this week uh, with all three teams, really. Uh, Falcons obviously had their game issue against the Steelers, which did not go well. Hawks had a little bit of drama, some injury stuff. And then the Braves uh, had a little faulty rumor, it looks like. Faulty reporting, probably the word for it there. Uh, but we can get into that later. We'll start off with the Falcons, though, right now. And uh, their loss yesterday to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost 19-16 to at home to Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. Uh, really just a bad offensive performance on the whole. Only one touchdown scored for the Falcons the entire game. Uh, kicked three field goals. And, um, yeah, that's how they got the other nine points, get to 16. But... What are your overall thoughts on this one? Because um, it was a real stinker offensively, and a lot of that was the fault of Marcus Mariota, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm with you. This was a real stinker. Um, coming into this game, I had it as a must-win if you want to get in the playoffs, if you want to get back in it. Um, obviously, it's not a must-win, but you know, looking at the odds, it, they don't really change that much. But um, I, I think it was a must-win for sure. Uh, just, just an ugly game. Um, Mariota was trash. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that, that Ritter gets in there. Uh, the, there was only a couple, couple bright spots. I thought, uh, defensively only giving up 19 points. I mean, I don't know, man, the Steelers are just, it it felt like a home game for them and it was pretty sad. Yeah. There were a ton of Steelers fans and Mercedes Benz. And I mean, they're a team that historically travels well and the Falcons have had their trouble with attendance of their whole games for years now, really, or really ever since they got to Mercedes Benz. But um, some of that, some of that's just other stuff. Some of it's just the Falcons aren't very good, <laughs> which will um, they'll come if you're good. And the Falcons aren't very good right now. But yeah, they're five and eight now. Um, you know, kind. I mean, the it's just funny. We went through the schedule. I keep remember going through the schedule and be like, oh, Steelers, Commanders, those are easy dubs, and it's just been it's been rough. But uh, yeah. The one bright spot, I think, offensively was the run game again. Um, They're pretty good. They're always pretty good. I mean, 28 carries, 146 yards, solid. Algier had some really good moments. Patterson was pretty good running the ball. You know, I mean, they're they're always solid, uh, but couldn't get in the end zone, really. But, uh, yeah, Mariota, we can can just talk about the whole quarterback scenario um, and what what do you think is going to happen here. But, yeah, he was really bad. Um, you know, it was a very Mariota stat line, a little worse than usual, but 13 for 24, 167 yards, touchdown, a pick, which was the uh, game ender pick to Minka Fitzpatrick. And then he ran for three times for 17 yards, which is way lower than it usually is. So he really wasn't doing much on his feet in this one either. But um, yeah, he was bad. It wasn't uh, how bad he was in that Panthers game. It wasn't like that kind of bad where he was just putting the ball in harm's way. I mean, he did do that some of this game, but not as much as that game. Like his decision making was a little bit better. 
but just the throws he were was missing was just like it's just not oh. stuff you see from NFL quarterbacks at all. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, tell me what you think about Mariota and the whole uh, situation because I I definitely think it's Desmond Ritter time, and I think Arthur Smith has kind of hinted to that also. Yeah, I mean, I I think I say the same thing every week. Um, with with Mariota and Ritter, I I just don't understand what we're doing. I think after this bye week, we'll definitely see Ritter. I mean, you cannot continue this to go down this this stretch. I mean, especially if the Bucks lose, I really really hope the Bucks uh, win tonight. Please just win. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I you know as bad as I want to get in the playoffs, I want to see Ritter more than. Uh, most because I don't think we're a legit team. Um, I think you got to see what you have in them before going into the, into the draft this next year. Um, but yeah, like you said, Mariota, like if, if the receivers ten yards down the field, he's going to overthrow them. Yeah, it's it's it was bad. Um, I was looking at the stats. Like Drake London actually had a good game receiving mm-hmm. six catches for ninety five yards, but he had twelve targets and only caught six of them. And a lot of that was the fault of Marcus because he was just. I mean, it was just these little intermediate passes middle of the field i mean anybody can make them i mean kenny pickett who i don't think is that good yet is making those throws and Raiders can't do it he's sailing them i mean all they're all they're sailing over their heads like it was just he's had no touch on the ball at all in this game and um but yeah drake london had a good game though so shout to drake london um, he was pretty solid but yeah man i mean it's definitely got to be Raider time i think arthur smith said i don't have the exact quote pulled up but he said everything's on the table for this bye week and it's the perfect time you got two weeks to prepare for the Saints, give Ritter extra time to prepare. Um, you know, it's and it's like you can make the argument now that the Falcons, like I know they're still like technically in the playoff picture. And Arthur Smith came out and said that they weren't going to play Ritter they're out of the playoff picture. But I think you can make the argument now that they might be better off if they're trying to win now with Ritter, just how bad Mariota is, just by the off chance of him maybe being good because the bar to clear of being better than Mariota is just so low. So I think there's like a real argument to be made that Ritter could just help them win right now more, not even just see what you have planning for the future, just try to win now. Maybe Ritter's just, he's just probably just a more talented quarterback right now than Mariota. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Like past five weeks, we've played the Chargers, Panthers, Bears, Commanders, and Steelers. Every single one of those games are winnable for the Falcons, and we go one and four during that stretch. I mean, it's unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a real ugly stretch that they're on. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's it's rough. I mean, one and four in your last five in the stretch that where you could – where we all talked about how they could make up some serious ground here and get ahead, which they could have. I mean, the Bucks have been playing bad, too. They could have done it. I mean, they could have won that Chargers game very easily. That Panthers game, they lost by 10. I mean, that one was just terrible. I don't even think about that one. But, I mean – Beat the Bears in these last two games against the uh, Commanders and Steelers. Very winnable. I mean, they had a chance. They had the ball down uh, down three, chance to win the game or at least tie it. And then the first first uh, throw of the drive, he's just picked off by Minka Fitzpatrick, which that throw was just terrible. I don't even – I don't know what where that was going. That was just just bad. It was just terrible, terrible throw. <laughs> I think he threw it – I, I don't know who the receiver was. It might have been Drake London, but he threw it behind him, and then Minka picked it and – you know, but I did want to shout out uh, Presley Harvin, Georgia Tech legend, for the punt. He's a punter for the Steelers, and he put the Falcons back like the three-yard line on that drive, and that made things difficult. So I want to shout out him um, just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, just really bad stuff overall. And uh can read the playoff odds right now. It's uh, 
up in the air because the Bucks play on Monday Night Football. But if the Bucks lose to the Saints tonight, it's ten percent chance for the Falcons to make the playoffs. If they win, it's cut in half down to five percent. I mean, that's that's very low, obviously. But I mean, if the Bucks lose, the Falcons are still just a half game behind them, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. If the Bucks just want to win tonight and kind of put us out of our misery and probably ensure that Ritter plays against the Saints um the next game, I'd be fine with that. So uh yeah, you got any more thoughts on this? Because um I think I've I've said all I need to say about the about this team right now. It's just it's rough. It, it, it's it's rough going right now. Um, you know, there's a couple bright spots. I think uh, Michael Pruitt, you know, that touchdown catch he had was nice to, to spin and yep. get in. So, you know, he back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. Drake London looked good. Um, and then defensively, I thought we actually played pretty well. Every time the Steelers got in the red zone, I think we held them. Um, you know, they, they only scored once. So, um, yeah, I mean, good job on the defense for Sean Evans. I, I think – the offensive line actually played pretty well too. TJ Watt was non-existent. Like I didn't hear his name all day long. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like he was getting to the quarterback. It was this this was all on Mariota, man. Just awful. Awful, awful, awful. So that's all it got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, the defense did look solid. I mean, the Steelers, they're not great yeah. offensively. They got Kenny Pickett, the rookie in there. Um, but he's he's not great right now, but he's definitely a talented guy. So the defense was fine. They're not the issue at all. I mean, this game, it all falls on Mariota. He was awful. And that's really yeah. the only way to put it. So, uh, yeah, we can move on now to the Hawks. Um, had a real uh, – last, last week was just a rough episode overall, but uh, especially with the Hawks of how they were playing. And uh, they've turned things around a little bit, but also mixing a little bit of drama. But we can talk about this magic game first. Um, this was – I don't want to say it was a big win um, because they're playing the magic and – December, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely a much needed win against them. Um, Orlando's pretty bad. They're they're five and seventeen after this game, so that kind of tells you what you need to know about the Magic. But the Hawks won this one, one twenty five to one hundred eight. They just straight up dominated the Magic, which they should do. They're a lot better than them. Uh, Mouse scored them thirty eight to twenty seven in the first quarter, thirty two to twenty three in the uh, second. So they put them up twenty at the half, and then I mean that's really all she wrote. Like they just dominated them. Trey played good. He had thirty points. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well from three, but shot well on his twos. Got to the line five times. Had fourteen assists, which is always a good number. Uh, Dejounte had twenty seven. He was solid. Uh, just taking care of business is what uh, the Hawks need to do against the uh, Magic. But there was some injury stuff, which we'll get into this Nuggets game. There's so many on the injury report, but Collins and Hunter got hurt in this game and are still currently out. So. That's not good at all for uh, this Hawks team. Those are two very important uh, pieces to this roster. Uh, but, yeah, you got any um, thoughts on this one before we get into the Nuggets game and the drama and injuries? Because this was just really cut and dry, really. Yeah, yeah. They scored 70 in the first half and stayed up the entire game. So, um, yeah. you know, great job. Murray, Young, and Capella, they, they really carried the weight. And then A.J. Griffin off the bench, 15. So, yeah, solid game for sure on the offense, offensive side. Yeah, and uh, no doubt. So we can get into the Nuggets game, which this one was far more interesting for a lot of reasons, uh, just some of the things that happened. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was a real injury-riddled week, really, for the Hawks. I mean, I mentioned that uh, Hunter and Collins got hurt in the Magic game, but the uh, injury report for the Nuggets game was just unlike anything I've ever seen, really, 
from the Hawks or really any NBA team. I know there are some NBA teams that like do weird stuff, their injury reports. Some of the Heat do this. They put like every guy on the roster of the injury report and say they're questionable. The Hawks don't really do that, but they kind of like had to do it in this game because everybody was just kind of banged up. But this was the injury report pregame. Um, all these guys were game time decisions. Trey, Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Jalen Johnson, Frank Kaminsky, and then uh, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Trent Forrest and Justin Holiday were just ruled out immediately before the game. So looking at that, it was just like, oh, my God, like if none of those guys play, what's going to happen? You know, it's the Hawks aren't going to have seven or eight guys to play with in this game. It's going to be a shit show. But um, ends up Trey is out, but uh, Compella gets to play. Bogdanovich gets to make a season debut, which was uh, noteworthy for sure. Uh, Jalen Johnson was available, and so was Frank Kaminsky. So that kind of uh, softened the blow a little bit. But before we get into the game, we need to talk about the Trey and Nate McMillan situation. So it was reported by Shams that uh, during the shoot-around in Denver for this Nuggets game on Friday, that uh, Trey and Nate had some kind of heated exchange, and that resulted in Trey not attending the game at all in in Denver. Uh, So I guess he just watched it from the hotel um, I, I did. I went through his Twitter and he did live tweet through this whole game um, a few times. So he was watching it, but just not in person. Um, but uh, other things in the Shams report uh, said that this is they have they've already had multiple team meetings this year to try to resolve the conflicts. And the Hawks are just managing the simmering relationship between the two guys. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like like really tangible here of why this happened or what was said. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts over on the whole situation? Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I wish we would kind of get a little bit more out of it. Um, but yeah, Trey was kind of tending to his his sh- sore shoulder, and Nate McMillan pretty much gave him the choice: like, either you're coming off the bench and and going to play, or you're not going to show up at all to the game. And so it's just it's just kind of weird. I don't know. I don't yeah. really know whose side to take. Um, but yeah, Nate McMillan, man, you know, his 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 coaching has been kind of questionable this year. Um, and last year, really. Um, so I, I don't really know. It, it's not good. You know, it, it's not it's not good for the team to have this kind of, um, you know, tension going on with your star player. Um, I know a lot of people were just tweeting out their their takes and stuff about how Trey's being selfish and this and that. But no one was really there. No one knows what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know whose side to take here. And it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there's just not enough context at all in the situation to really just have a firm stance. Um, I mean, it is, I, I, I guess Nate thought that uh, Trey's shoulder wasn't as bad as he was letting on, but I mean, who really knows um, outside of the organization? Like, I don't think any fan knows. None of them are plugged in to know that kind of information. So it's really just hard to have even an opinion on this, but it's not good. I mean, I don't even, and I, I think there might be, um, it might not just be Trey. If they've had multiple team meetings this season, and probably means that other guys have had issues with Nate too. And uh, I mean, Trey's going to get the headlines because he's Trey. And I guess this was probably more of a public uh, exchange because it was during shoot around. I'm sure reporters were around, were able to witness it. So who knows what's happened in the locker room or these team meetings? Uh, but yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week how Nate could be on thin ice here soon if things don't. Uh, start to turn around they did win both games this week which always helps um but yeah this isn't good at all i don't i don't like this at all um but yeah if it uh if it comes down to it and it's trey or nate i think i mean everybody knows what the easy decision there is 
Uh, but uh, yeah, there's just really not enough to go off this uh, to really give an opinion. But I did see that uh, Trey didn't show up to practice today yet for the media. I don't know if he went to practice at all, but um, he's not on the injury report for tonight against the Thunder. So he's supposed to play, but I don't think he was at practice or for the media session um, from what I saw on Twitter. So I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. But um, yeah, we can uh, talk about the game now because we really can't uh, speak on that no more without any more information. But uh, maybe some more will come out about that. But as far as the game goes, the Hawks won 117 to 109. Uh, it was pretty, <clears throat> pretty big swing on the uh, point spread. The morning of Friday, the Hawks were favored, and then it got all the way up to four and a half point underdogs against the Nuggets. Uh, that just kind of shows how dire the injury report was. But um, yeah, the starting five ended up being very interesting. Uh, it was Dejounte Murray, AJ Griffin, Jarrett Culver, Texas Tech legend, and uh, Jalen Johnson, Clint Capella. So. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that starting five? I mean, Culver, he's on a two-way contract, so it's his first start of the year, so good for him, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> pretty gross. I mean, the Denver's Denver solid, man, playing out west with Jokic. Uh, I thought this was going to be a blowout. I think everyone thought it was going to be a blowout. Um, but, yeah, shout-out to shout out to Jarrett Culver, man. He really he really held his ground, and he I just love the hustle. And, you know, he, he doesn't get very – many minutes on this team but from what i've seen man he looks pretty good so yeah him and trent forrest trent forrest started to get some minutes that was really last week we really talked about him last week but he started to get some rotation minutes and um yeah they're just guys that can play some solid defense they're not going to give you a ton offensively but they're going to go out there and hustle they're going to play solid defense good effort all that kind of stuff and culver still i think he was uh he was the same draft class as deandre hunter and cam reddish and he was the number six pick, I think. So he's definitely a talented guy that's still pretty young. Um, he just kind of hasn't been able to figure it out yet. So maybe maybe he can figure out something with more. Definitely gonna have more of a role here if uh, Hunter and Collins are out, um, which I, I don't th- I don't think Hunter and Collins are gonna play tonight against the Thunder. Uh, so he's probably gonna definitely have some more minutes for sure. So that's definitely um good to see. He's definitely like a good lottery ticket guy that you can get something out of. And uh, Dejounte Murray and um AJ Griffin were really good in this game, and that was really needed with Trey out. Brought out some good shooting, some good uh, shot creation, all that stuff. So I, they played, they played very well, and uh, yeah, definitely just a a good win. Again, when, winning this game like this on the road, without your best player, without Collins and Hunter, and uh, against a good Nuggets team, and again, you weren't supposed to win. It's got to be a good feeling, especially with all the shit that happened pregame. I don't like, I don't know how the team was feeling with Trey not even in attendance. So I don't know. It's definitely probably a, good, a feel good win and definitely felt probably felt good for Nate to get a little bit of heat off his back uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That was huge. That was huge. I mean, AJ Griffin played unbelievable, unbelievable. He's so good, man. Um, I, I love him. You know that. Um, yeah. And Murray showed up. He played well. He really, he really, he's really good as the one man. Like he did it with the Spurs. Um, you know, so we know what we got in him, man. It, it was just a, just a great win. Yeah, no doubt. Their numbers were very solid. Um, Shante had 34 points, 13 of 22 shooting, four of seven from three, very efficient, had eight assists. Uh, he was super solid. Jay Griffin had 24 points, 11 for 16, two of five from three. Just uh, really good stuff. And um, speaking of Jerry Culver, led the team in plus minus in this game. It's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Plus 15. Yeah, yeah solid right pretty there. Pretty good. Yeah, he held, he held his own for sure. Definitely a – no worthy performance. Uh, we need to talk about Bogey though. For I forget, um, Bogey did yeah. return in this game. Um, he didn't play particularly great. Didn't shoot the ball super good. Two of nine from the field. One of six from three. Five points. Um, but it's his first game back. You know, it's uh, 
wasn't expecting a ton. Uh, the Hawks did play him for 11 minutes straight in this one. Um, and I saw people questioning that a little bit, if that was just a bit aggressive for uh, his first game back in forever. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't play great, but it's his first game back. He's just getting his legs under him coming off the bench. So I'm not going to put too much stock into it. So what do you, what do you think of bogey so far? Yeah, it's so good to have him back. It, I know it was awesome watching him score that first bucket. Um, but yeah, just having the thread of the three point shot, I think really spreads the floor out, really opens things up. Um, you know, down low. So, you know, having him, having him back is huge and I'm not worried about him. I, I definitely think he'll get back into form. It's going to take a little while. Um, but yeah, awesome to have bogey back. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he can, he's really going to change some things. And once he gets going, they can give him you know a lot more minutes and just really get his feet under him and get used to it. Cause he's, he hasn't played in a while. Cause I think he got hurt during that Miami Heat series in the playoffs. I don't think he played that last game. So he hasn't played since, what, game four of the playoffs last year. It's a long time ago. And, uh, yeah, so definitely good to have him back. Um, and playing the Thunder tonight, Thunder are bad. So uh, they can get a good win there. I believe it's on the road in Oklahoma City. If I uh, can pull that up real quick, if my computer would load. Um, no, it's actually in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, it's at home. Yeah, they're at the practice facility today, duh. Uh, but – yeah, so a home game. Um, right now the injury report is just Collins, Hunter, and Trent Forrest are out. Everybody else is available, so that's good. Stratray will be back. I get to see more of Hunter and uh, yeah, not Hunter Bogdanovich. Uh, but uh, yeah, Hawks are five and a half point favorites against the Thunder because Thunder they're not very good, but they do have Shai Gilgis Alexander who is very good. So that would be a, definitely a challenge for them. Uh, so yeah, you got any more uh, thoughts on the Hawks before we talk about some baseball? I do not, man. I do not. All right, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, we can uh talk some baseball now. Uh, Braves had a really just a quiet week on the whole again of just nothingness until yesterday, um, which nothing actually happened, but something almost happened, and uh, it was <laughs> def- it, it was something looked like it was about to happen, but it didn't. So there was a report around uh, what was it six forty five last night or something from Mark Feinsand, and uh, he reported that the Braves were very close to trading for A's catcher Sean Murphy, which um, just on its face is uh, interesting on its own. It was actually 558 because the timeline here is actually important. <laughs> so 558 last night, uh, he reports that uh, are close to trading Sean Murphy. The Braves are the front runners. And um, yeah, so just on its face, trading for Sean Murphy or just a catcher in general is uh, was not something I was expecting from the Braves offseason because they're just kind of set a catcher with Darno Contreras. They still have Manny Pena under contract. Uh, so before we get into the next, the rest of this situation, what do you just think about the rumor or whatever it was, if it has any truth to it at all? Like, what do you just think about that? Cause I was very, very surprising for me. Yeah. Very weird. Um, you know, you got two all-star catchers back there. Um, you know, immediately what I, what I was thinking was, okay, Sean Murphy, solid catcher, man, on a bad team. Um, you know, I, I would love to have him in the A, but just very weird with the amount of depth we have already. Um, the only thing I could think of was was this meant that Contreras was going to be moved. Um, I don't know if it was going to be in that exact trade with the A's or um, somewhere else down the road, but this definitely meant someone was going to, you know, you know, c- could Contreras be a full-time DH and just have Sean Murphy as a backup? I don't think you do that because Sean Murphy's an all-star, man. He's really good, and I just... Yeah, very weird. Um, I didn't know really what to think other than, than yeah, Contreras might be moved. 
you know it's very weird yeah that was some of my thought process too also i thought i think we'll try to move darno because uh, he's got one more year on his contract darno was really good last year but uh yeah sean murphy is very good um you know he won the won the gold glove in 2021 a catcher I think he's top six in the entire league and um, his frame percentage frame rate. Uh, he was very solid at that. He could hit a little bit, had a 120 OPS plus. That's really good from a catcher. Um, hit 18 homers, three and a half war, Like he's good. And he's uh how old is he? 28. I think Yeah, he's 28 years old. He has three years left of control. So it's just, yeah. I, like my thought was like, Oh, so the Braves are trying to get in front of catcher now. Cause you know, Darno's a little bit older. I think Darno's 34 now. And uh, maybe they just don't love Contreras as just a catcher long term, um, but yeah, it's just super weird, really. Uh, but uh, as I think after what what happened after this, there's definitely some questions of how true this was at all, maybe. Um, <laughs> but because shortly after, well, first, like I said, at five fifty eight, Feinstein reported that the Braves were close to trading for him. Then at six nineteen, David O'Brien, who is the uh, writer for the Athletic for the Braves reported that Anthopolis said the Braves anticipate going into spring training with their three current catchers, Darno, Contreras, and Pena. And he said he wouldn't rule out a trade, but he doesn't anticipate it. <laughs> so just awesome timing there. Um, so the, the Braves are like notoriously just don't leak anything. And I think this was definitely some, definitely a deliberate act by Anthopolis to uh, get out in front of it or just, completely nix it or if he was about to make the trade but didn't change his mind because it got leaked i don't know what happened but just uh pretty incredible timing there and then Feinstein finally cleans up his own mess about 45 minutes later says update on sean murphy it still appears oakland is close to a trade but the braves are not going to be acquiring acquiring and we spelled he spelled a word wrong, but um, in his tweet. But uh, anyway, uh, he says the Cardinals, Rays, and Guardians, and Red Sox are the front runners now. So the Braves went from about to trade for him to not even being in the race anymore. So I I don't know what happened there. Um, it's really weird. Uh, I I just don't know. I I don't know if Anthopoulos was like, nope, never mind. I got leaked. Not doing it no more. Or if it was ever true to begin with. I don't know. What do you think? Because I just can't get a read on it. <laughs> yeah, this seems like a Bob Nightingale mistake. Yeah, it like, does. This is this is pathetic, man. You can't just say that and it, it not have any truth behind it. I, I don't know. I mean, usually AA works in silence and he'll just post that stamp of, uh, you know, who we signed, who we traded for. And, and that's all you hear about it. Um, so, yeah, just a really weird mess. I don't think it was true at all because, it, you know, it's just a really weird move for us to make. And I think we're set at catcher for this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just a big, big blunder by Mark. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I I, I do want to correct myself. I didn't. He didn't spell his tweet wrong. I just read it wrong. I guess some dyslexia kicked in for me. But yeah, he he didn't spell anything wrong. That was on me. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was just super weird. And um, yeah, it just didn't really make. I mean, it, it kind of made sense, but at the same time, it didn't. I mean, he's a good player. I'd have been. I mean, I don't. I don't know how it would have felt if I'd, I'd have to see the prospects are going to Oakland before I had a real opinion on this. If they would have done it, but yeah, just super weird. But um. At the same time, Anthopoulos also, I guess he just went ahead and just gave the reporters a few quotes. He also said, uh, Anthopoulos said if a deal is right, the Braves will have no problem going over the tax threshold. So I guess that's encouraging to hear. Um, but uh, yeah, that's really all the brave stuff that happened. But a lot of stuff happened around them in the division. Jacob deGrom is gone. 
probably forever from the NL East, hopefully. Um, he signed a five-year deal with the Rangers, so he is out of the NL, out of the division, all of that. Uh, but the Mets did replace him with Justin Verlander, and the Phillies signed Trey Turner to a massive contract. So a lot of stuff is happening around the Braves, even though they haven't really done anything of substance yet at all. Uh, the Braves haven't signed anybody to a major league contract this offseason. Um so yeah, what do you what do you think about just the NL East of what's going on around us uh, with all those moves? Yeah, do, do the players know that they they don't have to sign for the NL East? They don't have to stay in our division. I mean, they don't. That they don't. But it seems like they just like to do that. They've liked to do that I for mean, a while now. <laughs> I was super happy Degrom is out of the division. You know, even though I wanted him, but I am not giving him five years. You know, his health has been questionable the last three years. Um, so I'm not too upset with that. It's a lot of money for for you know for an older pitcher, 35 years old. Um, but yeah, they were just replaced him with Verlander. Um, you know, he's coming off one of his, if not best years, uh, winning the Cy Young again. So it's kind of scary, man. That one, two punch with Scherzer, he reunites with him. Uh, we know that legendary Detroit lions, um, rotation they had back in the day. So it, they got a lot of money tied up in the, in those two pitchers. Um, you know, they're both aging, and so who knows when they're going to start to turn a little bit. But I think, you know, that's that's pretty scary. Pretty scary. Yeah, um, I don't – I'm just going to kind of view the Verlander-DeGrom swap as just a one-for-one one, just because of how good Verlander was last year. I mean, DeGrom, I think if he's right and healthy, he'll be better than Verlander, but I just, you just don't know that with him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Mets have a lot of – I mean, the Mets have their entire – their entire plan is tied up in two very old pitchers with Scherzer and uh, now Verlander to, I think they're going to make $86 million combined next year, which it's a lot of money. Um, they could be good, but they could, I mean, they could also get hurt. They could also decline because they're old as dirt. They're both like 40 years old. Um, so that's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard to get a read on it. I think, I think they're probably going to be good if they're healthy, but it's just always a roll of the dice when you got these super old pitchers and, yeah, as far as the ground contract goes, it is a pretty wild deal. I did not anticipate him getting five years. I thought it was going to be three or four, but uh, good for him. Um, no state income tax for him no more in Texas, so I'm sure that was part of his decision-making there. But, uh, yeah, um, de- definitely just uh, guys just flooding into the NL East. And Trey Turner, uh, that's one guy off the market for the Braves um, in their shortstop hunt, if that even is a thing, if they're even going to do that. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Turner going to the Phillies for all that money? Yeah, 11, 11 years, $300 million. I mean, he's going to be 40 when that contract is over with. Yeah. Um, I think the Phillies are kind of screwing themselves long term. Um, but short term, they're going to be they're going to be solid. Their lineup is very good. And he reunites with Bryce Harper. So kind of, you know, they're, they're going to be good. Their offense is going to be good. Um, they just have a lot of money tied up in, you know, their, their, their young core, Real Muto, Wheeler, Nola and Harper and Turner five of those guys I think it, I think it's pushing a billion dollars tied up money in them yeah all together yeah that so I mean I'm just ready for the downfall they're going to be in fi- <laughs> a financial crisis you know you know the big part of that deal with Harper and Turner is the no trade clause so they're stuck with them yeah and I mean when you sign those kind of contracts, it's just like a no trade clause in itself because not many teams would even want to trade for those contracts, really. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, it's it's funny. I saw a tweet that said like the Phillies are going to lock to lead the uh, 
lead baseball in errors in 2026, which <laughs> I can I can definitely see that. Um, but yeah, they this is definitely they're mortgaging the future to uh for some short term gains here for sure. Um, Turner's Trey Turner's good. He's very good, but that's a long time. Uh, he's a guy that's probably gonna have to move off the shortstop at some point uh, and go play third base or second or whatever. Because he's just he's already not the greatest even defender in the world short, and as he gets older, a little bit slower, that's probably going to catch up to him a little bit. Um, but yeah, short term next year, just looking to next year, they're definitely. I mean, they were in the World Series last year, and they went and got Trey Turner. That's a big, big deal. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely notable, and truly really like Trey Turner not being the NL East. They just keep coming back. They keep <laughs> coming back, literally. Um... Yeah, it's it's wild. For sure. I think I think this also really affects the Braves. Um, you know, the shortstop position. You know, they, I think I think a bunch of the shortstops were waiting for a guy like Turner to sign to kind of set the market. I think Dansby's value just went up. You know, Bogarts and Correa obviously are both gonna pull that kind of money too. Um yeah, this kind of sucks. I, I you know, this kind of sucks for Dansby. I think you know, there's a rumor. This is a rumor that Dansby's camp countered a um, $140 million deal for six years. Um, so it's just over $23 million a year, which now that kind of looks like a bargain. Um, you know, the Braves declined that. You know, this is all rumors, but apparently the Braves declined that. And, you know, I, I just don't know what to, I just don't know what the Braves are going to do. There's so many questions and there's so much money for, for a guy that you don't know who's always been very, very streaky. I think Dansby. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What do you think about the whole market with uh, with the shortstops now? I think the more and more things play out, I think it's more and more likely that Von Grissom's the shortstop. I, it's just it just seems that way. It um, I just there's a report that's came out right now that the Diamondbacks are very interested in Xander Bogart, so they might take him off the board, which I, that'd be that'd be kind of weird. The D-backs, but um, yeah, I mean declining six for one forty. It's just like, that's just kind of what it's going to be. Like, it's, I don't think you're going to do much better than that. I mean, so I don't know if they're going to be able, if they're going to circle back and maybe end up accepting that deal. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just, I just, I just, I just think that the more things that's played out, it just seems like the Braves are going to, they're going to do what the Astros did last year with Correa. They let Correa walk and slotted in Jeremy Pena. Um, so it looks like it might be the situation like that. If they do do that, I'm just gonna be I'm gonna have mixed feelings because obviously I'll be excited for Von Grissom, see what he's got, but at the same time it's like, what the hell, guys? You print money literally at the battery and the stadium. You make so much money, all your financials are in the public, so we can see how much money you make, and you're just not spending it. Um, but yeah, if they don't, I mean I said this before the offseason really even got started. If they don't have one of these four shortstops or now three now that are available, something big's got to happen in left field or at DH. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's my whole take on it. I, I like I think right now, I would like up until really today, I still thought Dansby was the most likely guy. Still, um, now I think it's uh, Von Grissom. I think he's the front runner for sure right now to be the shortstop yeah. next year. I'm I'm with you 100. percent I think it's more likely that we trade for a short shortstop than sign one of those big four. Yeah. Um, if, if at all, you know, um, I think Grissom is a legit option. You know, his defense is a little bit questionable. We haven't seen him really a shortstop in the big one game in the big leagues. And that was the last game of the year. So, I mean, yeah, we don't have no really idea of it. 
Yeah, and like 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 that rumor or not the rumor, like that report that came out earlier this offseason that he was working with Ron Washington, you know, that kind of is you know, becoming kind of like a telltale sign of that he's going to be our shortstop next year. And like you said, left field is a huge gap for us. You know, you still got Ozuna out there. You owe him a ton of money. Um, so I could I could see a trade coming through. Um, you know, I, I heard that Brian Reynolds was, you know, the, the Pirates are shopping him. I think he would be a huge, huge uh, acquisition for the Braves. Um, but yeah, I'm with you 100%. We need to beef up other positions if we're going to keep Grissom. Yeah, and um, yeah, Brian Reynolds should have requested a trade this week. Uh, and the Pirates, they're they're trying to get some leverage back by saying they're not going to trade him. Just they, they, you can't just say, yeah, we're going to trade him to get you no leverage. So I think he's definitely going to get traded. I think I saw the Yankees were interested in him. And um, we talked about Willie Adamas last week because that was like really the only thing to talk about because absolutely nothing has happened. Nothing happened last week. Uh, but the Brewers said they're not going to trade him. But I don't know how true that is. <clears throat> I think they def Brewers definitely have their price of what they were trade Willie Adamas. Uh so I think those are um definitely options there. But uh yeah, you know, with Eddie and Ozuna are kind of clogging up left field, if they could shed one of their contracts or you know, do something. I mean, if they don't if they don't do something a shortstop, it's gotta be DH or left field, which has to be. So uh yeah, that's a that's about all I got. Um Braves still really haven't done any moves though. So you got any final thoughts uh, before we get out of here? No, I don't. I think right when we end this and post it, um, you know, Braves are going to trade for, uh, you know, a, a legit player and that's just going to happen. <laughs> um, hey, I, I, wouldn't, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be fine with that just for something, <laughs> just to have something. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Uh for sure. I'm, I'm really just refreshing Twitter right now just to make sure if something does happen, I can catch real quick, but nothing's happened. So, right. uh, yeah. So if the Braves want to do that, I'm fine. I'm down with recording an emergency podcast tomorrow or something. I'm down. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's about all I got. Um, you know, if you made it this far listening, uh, I really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. No Falcons next week. So just be a Braves and Hawks episode. Hopefully, Next week, you got something with the Braves, and uh, maybe even sooner than that if something major happens. So, yeah, if you made it this far listening, we really, really appreciate it, and uh, I'll see you in the next one. 